You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hi, friends. Today we have a great podcast for you. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, how it affects us, how to recognize it, and how to battle against it. And today I'm joined by two of my very best friends, beautiful Melinda and gorgeous Tatiana. Hi, ladies, and thank you for joining us. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. It's our pleasure to be here. All right, so let's jump right in. What in the world is spiritual warfare? What is it and and why do we have to be concerned about it? I think the book of Ephesians really gives a good um, description of what it is that we battle against. There's a verse, Ephesians 6.12, that talks specifically about how we don't war against the flesh and blood, but against the spiritual world. And I just think as, as Christians, we need to be prepared to fight the battle for God. This world doesn't belong to him right now it unfortunately belongs to the enemy until he returns and our our job is to put on the armor of god and to spread the word of the gospel to fight the evil that's prevalent yeah so true ephesians is so profound when read it and you really do understand it it's a battle spiritual warfare is the battle against the demonic forces of satan and it is to win over our souls. That's what he wants. He wants to win our souls in this world. What we want is our souls to be for God and for Jesus. Exactly. And, um, so let's talk about some of the names in the verses we're going to be talking about today. Satan is called the devil, mm-hmm. the evil one. He's called the our enemy. adversary, the enemy, the enemy, the yeah. capital T, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's called a liar, a murderer. He is the divider, the destroyer. He is the enemy of our souls. The lion who prowls around looking for prey. Yes, yes. That is a very strong warning that God gives us and reminds us of that we do have an enemy that prowls. Like, think of that word that just. He operates out of deception. He's the father of lies. And. What he does is he manipulates the truth. And sometimes just the tiniest manipulation of the truth can lead people astray. That's he's covert. He's a covert operative. And that's why we need to be fully aware and in prayer, which is our strongest weapon is prayer in order to thwart his schemes against God's creation. Because I believe his job is to ruin God's creation. And if you look at what's going on in the world today, and all of these just new standards of living and things that are acceptable and things that are being pushed, it's all in stark contrast to God's creation and the way he designed our world. Right. And again, going back to his names. So he is that killer. He wants to steal the peace that we have in God as Christians. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our just everything that God wants for us, which is always good because Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. 
and Satan comes wants to steal that from us. So let's talk a minute about who's at risk. So a lot of people might think they're under spiritual attack, but sometimes, and maybe you guys can relate, we suffer as a natural consequence of our sin, and then we want to blame it, blame it all on a spiritual attack when the enemy is happy that you're sinning. But if it's a natural consequence from your sin, it does come in and tell you you should be ashamed. God won't accept you anymore. I agree. A lot of times when we sin, God, who turns all things for the good to those who trust in him, will use our sin to convict us. There might, there's always going to be a consequence to sin. But when we're sinning is not when we're targets of Satan. When we're targets of Satan is when we are doing everything we can to walk according to God's purpose for us. And, you know, when we're, when we're working for God, when we're helping the poor, when we're in the word, when we're sharing the gospel, that's when he wants to bring us down. That's when he wants to target us. Exactly. I do think that sinning and living in sin opens the door for him to come and actually work blind you blind us blind us confuse us deceive us destroy us even more and maybe push us even more further away from god we want to remember as christians to and going back to ephesians and and i guess we'll talk about this a little bit later about the armor uh, of righteousness to live holy lives because that's what jesus wants for us So we do want to, we do want, our goal as Christians is to become more like Jesus. And that is turning away from sin because that can open the door to furthering us away from Jesus, which is not our goal. Exactly. So let's talk for a minute about some of the ways people would think a spiritual attack. You're talking about nightmares with demons. And what are some of the subtle things? Because we know that the Bible teaches us that he comes as an angel. I'll start with just a few of them. Like if you are too tired to read your Bible, you haven't sinned, but you think about it constantly. It's just a running, something running in your mind. You're discouraged. You're full of fear. What are some other things that Satan can just come in and we might not recognize as an attack. Distraction. Like I I know, for example, when I want to sit down and read the word, there are so many things that can distract us. That's him. Or even like, like you said, being too tired. Or what about starting to pray, but then falling asleep? He'll use anything, even natural things in order to prevent us from doing, you know, what God wants us to do and from growing spiritually in the word. That's right. And that word and that word, laziness. I hate to call myself sometimes just, I don't know if I want to do this right now, that feeling of laziness to get really into the word and to meditate on it, to feed our relationship with Jesus. It does take time, just like any other relationship. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. Yes. It's pure heart and humility to come before him. I always think of that word, which I don't like to describe myself as something that I would even totally be lazy about, but that does cross my mind. You know, am I being lazy towards God and toward his word? Sometimes keeping us too busy. You know, you think about there are people who fill their lives working for the Lord, right? Volunteering at church 
serving others. They sign up to do every volunteer activity available to them through the church or their fellowship groups, but then they're not spending time in the word and then alone with God. So sometimes even when you're working in God's name, but you're too busy, that's another way the enemy keeps us away from God because truly we are able to fight the battle after we've spent time in his presence. Like Jesus says, we have to stay. He's the vine and we're the branches and we're not going to bear fruit unless we stay connected to the vine. And when Satan keeps us disconnected from that vine, then he is he's keeping us from winning God's war in this world. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that battle, as we know, will come from the inside first. So our thoughts, our priorities, our conversations. And if he can't get you there then he'll attack you from the outside. So maybe somebody that you thought was a friend has betrayed you or you're fighting with your kids all the time or your husband is not behaving the way that he should. And we have to recognize that our battle is not against what, ladies? What is our battle not against? Flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood, but rulers and against powers and against world forces in this darkness and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Wow. That's hard to remember when someone's coming at you and being vindictive and harmful and trying to hurt you or destroy your reputation and to step back for a minute and say, okay, this is a spiritual attack. If I respond, I'm just getting into the wrong battle, first of all. Second of all, I need to remove myself and recognize who is this battle coming from and how can I align myself more with God, which is where... The biggest struggle is for me at least, right? Because I want to fight back. I want to defend myself. I want to tell them they're wrong. I want to explain to them what they're doing and why it's hurting me. But sometimes you just got to zip it and let God work it out, right? The battle belongs to the Lord. Exactly. It truly does. And, you know, Satan will, he knows our vulnerabilities and he knows our weaknesses, right? He knows our buttons that are based on childhood trauma or just things in the past that have caused scars for us. And I know for me, for example, when I'm going to, when I'm going to share my testimony or I'm going to do any kind of work for the kingdom of God, the week leading up to whatever that work may be, something always happens in my marriage or with my kids. God knows my, he knows He knows that a button from my childhood is the fact that my parents got divorced and all the scars that that caused. So he always causes a fight between me and my husband or something, um, some kind of strife within my family, the days leading up to me working for his kingdom. And I have to always know this, this has nothing to do with the physical. This is spiritual. And I've got to just give it to the Lord and carry on. Yes. And that's the good thing. When we enter spiritual warfare, we are not alone. And not only are we not alone, we are uh, not even weaponless. He gives us the weapon. He gives us weapons to fight along with him because we are a co-worker with Jesus. And and that um, I read in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, I am a co-worker with Jesus. So that's the good thing. And then we have to keep that in mind that we are going to fight that on a daily. And honestly, he comes to me, he he attacks my mind, my will, my emotions, 
my feelings, knowing the word and knowing the truth that you are not weaponless. God has given us authority. He has given us authority over Satan. Right. And over and to over, battle. Mm -hmm, over, exactly. Yes. So we need to be reminded of that uh, continuously. The word says that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. How do we resist the devil? Let's talk about that for a minute. Someone who's never picked up their Bible, they, they love God, they don't really know too much about the Bible, and you're saying resist the, the devil. How do I resist the devil? God says that there's no temptation that falls upon us that we could, cannot withstand. We have all the power that we need with the Holy Spirit to not fall into temptation and sin. So we just need to pray. I read today that prayer is a divine mechanism that taps into God's power. And prayer is how we see heaven invade earth. So we're, when we're in those situations, the best way to resist sin, to resist that tempting, that tempting that the devil is prompting us to, you know, to succumb to, is to pray and just give it to God and repeat God's word to him. You know, you don't know the Bible, but you can Google anything. You can Google what are verses for spiritual warfare? What are verses that I, you know, and then you find them and you repeat God's word back to him. And that's the strongest, that's the sword of truth, which is part of the armor of God. All right. So second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three and five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, which means we don't fight the way the world fights. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, are not of the flesh, but divine, divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. It says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So before we dive into this um, armor, before we dive into the armor of God, let's talk just for a minute about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What does that look like in your lives? It's a minute by minute. Minute by minute. It's just being in communion with God throughout the day. I have to be casting out all these things that come to my mind. If fear being a big one. Um, and, um, and we just have to be just in communion with God uh, all day. And that's what it looks like to me. Now, I don't have to be, uh, we can do that by prayer. We can do that by fasting. We can do that by worshiping, praising God for who he is and reminding ourselves and reminding Satan that we are a child of God. We belong to the King of Kings yes. and the Lord of Lords. We're the daughter of the great I am. And that is what works. You know, we all have negative self-talk, right? We have the things that we tell ourselves. Some days we tell ourselves more negative things than others. I try to stop myself when that's happening, reshift, and then focus on God's attributes. You know, God is good. Say his names. He's got so many names in the Bible that remind us of how good he is and how much he loves us. And worship, put on a really good worship song and just sing. And there's no better way than to renew your mind and to take your thoughts captive than to just worship the Lord. 
Right. So you're saying sing along. Sing what along. you girls are saying is take the focus off of self or situations and put that focus on Christ. Yes. Yeah. And I think yes. just simply praying, Lord, I take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Just like it says there, I take that thought captive. I close it down. I shut it. I won't allow it to run that reel in my head, but I'm going to shut it down. And instead I'm going to think about you, right? The verse that says, think on what is gentle and trustworthy and go ahead, Tatiana. You don't want those thoughts to take root. Yes. You're going to have them because we have them, right? You're going to have them. So what you want is to take those thoughts captive and not to let it sit there and take root in your life because that is what we don't want. Creates bitterness. Even just, okay, so there's negative self-talk, but there's also negative thoughts about other people. Yeah. Right. And, and, and negative words against other people. And if we catch ourselves doing that, and even though they're Christian, we're Christians, it doesn't mean we're perfect. We're going to gossip. We're going to have bad thoughts because we're not perfect. Like Jesus was, it's to also repent and then acknowledge like, Lord, you love this person. This person is your child. Help me to love them the way you do and forgive me for what I just said. And it's yeah. again, reshifting. Right. And focusing on who God is. Even that, what you just said, you know what? If you're going through what you think is a spiritual attack, you're just, you're just been praying for a breakthrough. You're praying for change. And you keep kind of hitting the front door and saying, what, what's going on here? Just stopping and saying, Lord, show me my heart. Show me my anxious ways. Test my heart. Show me any wicked ways within me so that I can start by repenting and saying, Lord, forgive me for these thoughts, these words, and these actions. And really sitting and getting right with God for a moment. And then that's the way we go into a battle, right? Every battle ever fought in the Bible always started with a humbleness before the Lord, a repented heart, somebody seeking, trusting God, any, any battle that ended well, let's say. Any, because there were a lot of battles that didn't start with that and they didn't end well. So that's always a great, solid place to start. All right, ladies, are you ready? Let's dive into this. What is this armor of God? What is it talking about? And how can we stand strong in battle with this? Do either of you want to go ahead and read Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Not just one, the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, so let's start with verse 10. Right there, it tells you, like you said, be strong in the Lord and in his power. So, you know, Mel, when you were saying anytime that you have a work that you're doing for the Lord, you know to expect it. But then I wonder, and I think of myself, how many times have I marched in to serve God thinking, I can do this. This is a piece of cake. 
and I don't cover myself in prayer. I go in in my own strength thinking, I don't need God for this. I'm used to doing this and I know how to do it. I'm, I'm just going to do it, right? But he tells us right there, don't rely on your own strength because we will fall. Rely on my strength. Rest in me. Exactly. He chooses humble people and meager people to fill big shoes for him. And that's because he wants to show that the strength comes from him. So when we're pompous and we think, oh, I've got this and I don't need him and I'm fully prepared, then we're not going to have him behind us and we're not going to be successful as we could have been had we had his strength and his power with us by covering ourselves in prayer and seeking him before we argue the glory. Mm-hmm. They, we want him to get the glory. There's this graphic that talks about these arms and you know, of salvation is to protect our minds because Satan wants us to doubt. He wants us to doubt our salvation. He wants us to doubt that God loves us. He wants us to doubt that we're, that we're good. Everything in the Bible has so much meaning. So when we're, they're talking about this armor, there's a purpose, like the breastplate of righteousness and it's because Satan attacks our hearts and our emotions and the breastplate covers our heart. It protects us from these darts and from us doubting ourselves. The sword of the spirit is God's word. God's word is strong enough to cut through bones is what the Bible says. Let's, let's think about that for a minute. The fiery darts, the fiery darts of Satan. Think about, I like get a visual for a minute about a fiery dart. So I, I saw that these shields, they were made of wood, but then they were covered with like metal. And so that when the fire hit it, it the fire would be extinguished. Here where you are now looking back, I remember what those fiery darts felt like, right? Even like Mel said, all the way back from my childhood, I could see Satan trying to destroy my trust in him, my relationships, my own value. Those fiery darts are painful. Yes, your own self. They're insults, they're attacks, they're setbacks. And they attack your heart. Mm -hmm. It's the breast, the breastplate, right? Like that armor that you hold in front of your your chest and in front of your face, they're, they're protecting your heart and your mind from the attacks of the enemy and the whispers. Like you said, you said very interesting, Mel, that sometimes you have self-talk. And I wonder how much of that self-talk is actually the enemy whispering in your ear. I know. Well, I read recently, God is good. So he's not going to say negative things to you. He's not going to remind you of your past sin. He's forgiven your sin if you've got Jesus. Right. So if you're having negative self-talk, it's not from, it's not from God because that's, he, he is good. There's no darkness in him. There are no lies in him. He is fully the truth. So that's how we know when, when we're beating our, ourselves up for past mistakes, that's not the Lord because he says he's forgiven our sins as far as the East is from the West. And those are sins from yesterday. And those are sins from the future. So that's how we decipher those whispers. So he fights with lies and believers have God's truth. So the belt of truth protects us from falling for the lies. Yes. And also it reminds us, Back in biblical days, when they go into battle, they had to wear a belt because they had these long clothing, right? And so it reminds us to be prepared. How do you know, be prepared in and out of season. No, it's not only um, memorizing God's word in our mind, but the Bible tells us to hide it in our hearts. 
So when we're prepared, when we are reading the Bible every single day, when we're meditating on it, not just reading it to know it, to check off a box, but actually meditating and praying through it, God goes preparing us. Like I know that there's been many times in my life that I had no idea something was going to happen, but I knew God was telling me something. Like I had no idea what it was, but I knew that he was preparing me. He would give me Bible verses again and again and again. I'd be like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then when it happened, I was like, oh, I see how you were strengthening me and asking me to come a little closer and hide underneath you, right? Beautiful. Okay, so we talked about the verse 14, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. What about the feet being ready for the gospel of peace? Not just the gospel, our gospel, not just what we think or what our direction is in life. He tells us to be prepared with our feet prepared to share the gospel of peace. We have to be with our shoes on and tied and ready and available to share the gospel, especially in today's world. The enemy wants to prohibit us from doing that. Like his job is to tell us like, oh, they're going to judge you. They're not going to listen to you. They'll no longer like you if they know you're a Christian Or, you know, he wants us to feel like it's a worthless and hopeless task. But you know what? Our job is to be faithful and obedient to God. We share the gospel and then God then works in the person's heart. It's not for us to decide. We plant the seed and God will harvest it. So the enemy wants us to think that we're planting all these seeds on dead soil, but we don't know what little blossom can pop up even years later based on anything that we plant in someone's heart by being obedient and spreading the gospel. So very true. And Tatiana, what about this breastplate of righteousness? What righteousness do we have to offer? Well, Jesus has given us our righteousness. We are sinners and we have to acknowledge that. Uh, It says in the Bible that our hearts are, 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 can deceive us and our hearts are wicked. Right. So we, we, uh, we, um, we acknowledge that he gives us our righteousness and that righteousness is walking in that holiness that he wants us to walk in. He says, be holy because I am holy. And of course, we're not going to be perfect, but we want to strive to be more like him. Going back to the flesh, your flesh cannot be cast out, but it it has to be crucified. And that means also dying to self, dying to self. And that also leads us to resist our sin, resisting the devil, resisting the enemy that wants to come and kill and destroy and ruin our lives and submitting ourselves to God. And his truth, his righteousness, his holiness, because he wants us to live a life of abundance and of abundance goodness, because he is a good, good God. Right. And I even think about the breastplate of righteousness. Of course, we're dressed in his righteousness, but that's where our obedience. So when I'm, when you're experiencing a spiritual attack, where, where am I being disobedient? Where can I come in agreement with you on something that I've been stubborn and fighting him through, right? Wrestling with God. Where can I surrender and obey immediately to God? And it reminds me of Daniel, courage, the the courage that Daniel had to stand up for that righteousness. 
that God had given him, yeah. that breastplate of righteousness to stand up, even if he was going to be thrown into the den of lions. He had the courage. He stood firm in his belief and in his faith. Yes. And that's so in inspiring to me. I love that story. Yes. I, lo I love that story. How, you know, the devil is described as a lion and Daniel stood up for God. He was righteous. He went into a lion's den. And what did the Lord do? He shut those mouths because yeah. God is in control. But we serve a lion, the lion of Judah. That's the important lion. And that's, that is who we need to focus on. And that's what Daniel did. That courage of, of standing for what you believe, regardless of what can happen. Right. Exactly. So we talked a little bit about the shield of faith, but next it tells us to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation, covering our mind, our thoughts, reminding us of our identity, who we belong to. Through God's word, he tells us in, in the Old Testament, he told the Israelites, I have given you the land, I have given you the weapons, I have given you the authority and power now go fight the good fight. And I'm reminded of that constantly. We're ambassadors. We're co-workers with God. And that just brings me so much peace. Yes. That I'm not alone. And that I have his word. And that I can go back to the Bible and read how, what it is that faithfulness looks like. What it is what righteousness looks like. What it is to have courage looks like in the Lord. What it is... To be a child of God. I love Psalms 4610, where it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted over the earth. So sometimes the best way to fight a battle is to be still and to let and to give it to him. And sometimes we have to go hand to hand combat with him as well. Yes, that's, you know. Just like Jonathan in the story of Saul, how uh, Saul was waiting in his tent with his army. And then Jonathan told assistant, let's call it. Jonathan says, we're going to go and we're going to look because the Lord is with us. And if we hear this, if we hear his word, we'll know that he's going with us and we'll be able to fight along with him. So it's, yes, being still. Sometimes we need to be still, but sometimes we need to be into hand-to-hand -hand combat with him and and we can declare authority uh by the blood of the lamb of jesus and that's so important too you know just remembering that shedding of the blood the blood of, of jesus that is so powerful his living word and it's what grants us access to all of these weapons exactly that's what grants us access to all of these you know, the first time we see a spiritual attack in the Bible is Eve. And so Eve is lied to and the word of God is twisted and Eve fell for it, right? And she, he, he just tempted her with a little bit of a lie. And that's why it's so important to have a good, deep understanding of God's word. And that can sound really scary to a lot of people who might open it to cypress trees and say, what does a cypress tree have to do with me? But we're just here to like encourage you open your Bible, dig in, find a Bible teaching church, find a Bible study, find a group of ladies that are willing to share with you what they're learning. Because Satan does come at us and he tries to trick us. 
And he comes to us when we're weak and when we're tired. We see when Satan tempted Jesus in the desert, it was after 40 days. God had led him there. And after 40 days of not eating and not sleeping well and praying, Satan came and Satan didn't lie about the, the Bible verses, right? He didn't lie about God's word at that time. He just used it with a twist. Like, can't you do this? Do this. What, can't you throw yourself down and, and save yourself? Like, turn this. He wanted him to go outside of God's timing. And so it's so important to let God lead us. So you guys, we've touched on a lot of the weapons. Let's just talk a little bit. I want to add one more thing to that, Lisa, if I may. I, and if you don't have a church, seek a church. Because the body of Christ is powerful. And we're part of that body. Yeah. And when we together as Christians, and there you can find your Bible study, you can find other people, you can find elders of the church that can guide you when you're confused or have questions or your pastor. So if you don't have a church, find a church. That is what I want to say. Thank you. All right. So number one, we all agree that praying is one of the most important things that we can do when, when going into a spiritual battle. I would say just a life of prayer, right? Because if, if the only time you pray is when you need God, help me, Lord, that's not really representative of a deep, rich relationship with God. So a prayer life, and I am blessed to have two women here that have really come alongside of me in some of the hardest days of my life and lifted me up in prayer when I didn't know what to pray. And putting on that full armor of God, going piece by piece, Lord, is my are my thoughts right with you? Is my heart okay with you? Is where I'm walking? Where am I walking? Is my path in life aligned? The Bible tells us that his word is a light onto our path. So examining those things, what am I shielding? What am I surrounding my, myself with, right? Am I protecting myself with words and comebacks and revenge? Or am I letting, putting that shield up and letting God protect me? And then diving deep into his word. I love the quote that says, you cannot love God more than you love his word because he is his word. So if you love God a little, dive into his word and love him more. And then we also have taking every thought captive, aligning your thoughts, hiding it into your heart. Worship is one of the ones we said, obeying, being obedient to God. Continue to serve God, even during attacks, even during hard times, difficult times. Continue to serve, love others, obey. And then I think one of the most important things is finding women, if you're a woman, that you can lock arms with that will encourage you and pray for you and fast with you. And then when you've done all you can do, the Bible says when you've done all you can do, stand. Don't retreat. Don't run. Stand firm. Stand firm for a breakthrough. Do you guys have any words of encouragement you'd like to share with our listeners today? Just for me, I want to say that God's word is living. It meets you where you are. If you're new to the Bible and you don't know where to begin, begin in the book of John and then pray for God to speak his truth to you, to reveal himself to you as you read the Bible. It's going to meet you exactly where you are. You know, I've been studying the Bible now for, you know, more than 15 years, like just really studying it. And I, sometimes you read something and it doesn't mean anything to you. And then the next year you read the same verse and it's like, wow, God, you're speaking to me today exactly where I am. 
And that's how we fight our battles is with his word. And we allow it to touch us and to transform us and to speak to us. And I want to say to all those out there that we know how this ends. We know that Jesus has the victory in all of this and that we must claim the victory on the basis of what Jesus has done for each one of us. Yeah. So just be reminded that, that this, you know, we're going to, of course, we're going to have to fight battles. We live in a broken world. We're broken vessels. We're, we're broken people, but we know how this ends and we have a salvation. We have eternity to look forward to, and we have the victory that Jesus has given us. So I encourage you to continue to persevere, to never lose hope because he is the God of hope. He's the God of love and persistence and you need to persevere in prayer persevere in prayer yes he overcame and we will all be overcomers absolutely because that is a great ending tatiana we have to remember that we serve a god that is a victor the victory is in him the battle belongs to him we fight in obedience and in surrender and in prayer but he's the one that fights the battle never we never have to be strong enough. We just rest in his. So I just want to reiterate some of the things that in closing that we said was be prepared in prayer, put on the full armor of God, seek his protection. And your first protection is salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, quiet yourself before him, agree with him that you're a sinner and you've made a lot of mistakes and ask him to come into your heart and be your savior, surrender your life, turn from sin. And then daily, Spend time in his word. And when things don't go your way, persevere in prayer. That is a wonderful ending to this. I hope that if you're out there listening today and you've experienced some warfare or you're in the middle of it right now, you're not alone. And I'd like to ask if one of you would like to pray for all of those people who are listening and maybe going through a battle right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you for the opportunity to participate in this podcast. We thank you for Lisa, who had the courage to start it, and for the battles that we have already won, God, because we trust in you. The war is yours, and Jesus is victorious, Lord. I pray that this podcast would touch those who don't know you, that we would be um, vessels in your kingdom to lead people to you, Lord. And God, we just thank you. We thank you for the, the women in our lives that we can pray with. And we pray that if there's anybody listening that doesn't have women in their lives that they can pray with, that you send them, God, you send them friends. And we ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?